this is one of the first like men's rights films. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm I'm tempted to go onto like Reddit or something like that and just see what the men's rights guys <laughs> think of uh, the Mariner. <laughs> The ultimate anti-hero for the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I guess it'd be the Mariner and the guy and Tyler Durden would be like right, the two role right. models for that community. For the millennium. For the, <laughs> for the pre-millennium men. I'm more rights. of a Mariner man, but hey, yeah. I respect Durden too. You're oh, you're, Durden oh you're a Durden. That's cool. I'm a Mariner. <laughs> beneath a watery grave. Those who survived have adapted to a new world. Hello and welcome to Reviews from the Closet. My name is Jeffrey Kitt and lovely to have you for another fortnight. Isn't it nice to say fortnight? Oh, that's Anyone? a lovely word. Mm. Mm. Usually it's weekly, daily? No. Bi-weekly. But really? bi-weekly's fraught with confusion. Yeah, exactly. So is it twice a week or is it every two weeks? We ourselves were very confused at this, but it's every two weeks, okay. as our listeners will have come to know by this point. And I want to start the potty with a very special message. Rudy, I'm going to skirt you for a moment because I've got a lovely cherub next to me who's had a big birthday day. Roisin Mulligan. Thank you, Jeff. It is indeed my birthday day today. Now, how do you feel about me divulging your age today? Are we, are we all right to speak about that? I am 30, flirty, and still surviving. Well, that was my next question. How thriving are you on this 30 flirty day? On a scale of 1 to 10? Correct, yeah. 30. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Cool back. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice little switcheroo, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, and Rudy, I guess, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right, yeah. Non-birthday? I'm, uh, I'm going to reveal my age. I'm 33. Oh. The age Jesus was uh, when he died for our sins. When he died for our sins. Um, and I'm, I think I'm flirty and... And thriving, and like, like Jesus are. as well. Yeah. <laughs> he was almost what, too flirty. What I always ask myself: What would Jesus do? <laughs> Flirt outrageously. <laughs> he coined that phrase. I yeah. it's from the Bible. Uh, also, a bit of a tidbit. I don't know if this is peeking behind the curtain too much, but this is our first daytime recording of the potty. How do you guys feel about that? It is indeed. Yeah, hot. Yeah, I feel, I feel hot and sweaty because usually in the closet it's dark. The sun mm-hmm. is not present. Um, but right now it's, what, eight in the morning? Yeah, it's rearing its ugly head. Uh, before you chaps are about to go to work. Isn't that insane? This mm-hmm. is just dedication to the pod, but yeah. uh, that's what we're all about. Hey, so another film, another another week. Another Let's, year. Another year. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, maybe go back, turn back the clocks to 1995, Roisin. 1995, this is our first film from 1995, I believe. Yes, sir. So to give a bit of context... Kiss from a Rose by Seal uh, had hit the, the airwaves. The Seal decade. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Seal year. Michael Jordan returned to the NBA, and two people were found innocent of murder. Can you guess who those people were? Uh, OJ. OJ is one. Yes. Can you guess the other? Um, another big celeb murder case. Another big celeb murder case in '95. <sighs> You'll kick yourselves. Mm, I don't, I don't know. Just give it's it to me. the one and only Snoop Doggy Dog. 
Oh, he had a murder case. Yeah, murder man. Case. That was like news to oh, me as well. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was in straight out of Compton. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, kind of brush under the carpet and the oh, rest of his career, I suppose. Yeah. Well, well when, when you're going up against OJ, I mean, it's gonna, yeah. you're exactly. going to struggle, aren't you? Getting kind of overshadowed. Yeah. That was great PR for I bet Snoop Dogg. I bet it's furious. <laughs> He wanted. He needed that. <laughs> Do you think Snoop Dogg ever gets furious? I I feel like he doesn't. Um, like just irritated. Yeah, I bet he's quite passive aggressive actually. Yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Snoop Dogg. I'm fine. <laughs> he's <laughs> a real bitch. <laughs> You've been really up from here all day <laughs> since I ate my last bagel. <laughs> I said I'm fine. <laughs> Gills. So so ninety five as well as being. Um, Notorious for two two murder cases that collapsed. Um, is also notorious for uh, for a third clanger, which is in the form of the at that moment in time the most expensive film ever produced, Warner Wild. Wow, wow. So we, we're of course reviewing 1995's classic and probably still remains in most people's minds one of the biggest turkeys of all time mm-hmm. of like cost versus critical acclaim, Waterworld. I love it. It's quite a, it's quite funny when you talk to people about Waterworld and you say you're watching it. They know the backstory better than the film. They're like, oh, Waterworld, the huge flop, right? But then when you actually tell them about the smokers yeah. and like the, the second gills, act. the gills, the second act, they're like, the, oh, I had The no broadly idea. drawn female characters. <laughs> yeah. Good grief. There's a lot to get into with this movie. Isn't uh, it just? I yeah. mean, where do we even start? Yeah. Let's start with the opening Universal Studios. Oh, uh, that's a nice yeah. little treat. Because for yeah. me, that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. The movie opens, it's got the classic Universal Studios um, opening sigil. and But in there's a twist. Uh, and the twist is that this Universal Studios globe is covered in water. And it I was like, oh, this is going to be the best movie ever. Uh, I was wrong. That animation cost two million dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's half the budget. In <laughs> augmenting the, the you haven't even shooting, and you spend half the budget. Cost no. Does Does anyone remember the very first, like the opening scene, the first thing you see? Well, I remember the first thing we hear, which is some kind of like African esque music, like world music. Because in 95, that was still super popular. Yeah. So we're still carrying on with like the African influence, yeah, influence themes in, in films. Yeah. Then we, it cuts the cost on his boat, I think. Pissing into a bucket. Pissing into oh, a bucket right. on his boat. Mm, he's got his right. contraption. Yeah. Yeah, these contraptions I thought were very Wallace and Gromit-esque. <laughs> um, because they, he's just, he's been on this boat for a long time. So he's, he's had to create all these different mechanisms to give himself clean water. Notably, he pisses into a bucket immediately filters it and then drinks it which sets the tone for mm. how this man just doesn't really play by the rules of normal it's people it's a water wasteland isn't it there's mm. no resources there's no land mm-hmm. all you got is pissing in a bucket and drinking it drinking your own piss he comes across another um drifter and um the drifter um asked do you want do you want to trade something you always got to trade first time you meet someone you say i know the drifter's cold and then we uh, we immediately get the title drop, don't we? That's lovely. Immediately. Yeah. Jeff, so this. If you are. <laughs> oh my god! I got it. <laughs> Nothing's free in Waterworld. <laughs> so early on, like in, maybe in the first five minutes. I wanted to ask you guys actually. Waterworld, one or two words? Well, oh, well I, they do it as one. For yeah, the it's style. one because it's like that's the that's the world, isn't so it? So when did Earth become Waterworld? They just stopped calling it Earth. Yeah, when the ice uh, caps melted. I think that's logical. That to me makes sense that you would you think call it so? Waterworld. Yeah. Yeah, that that 
part in particular gave me an overwhelming sense of dread. Because that's where we're heading, guys. We don't recycle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems all right, though, doesn't it, living in Waterworld? I, I, well, I didn't Does watch it? it thinking, oh, this is awful. Mm. I, I'd happily just be on my own boat. With sailing the, around you would be the mariner i'd be the mariner i mean i was the mariner i mean <laughs> like uh, in, a, in a past life you in hate my, women so you're already halfway there <laughs> bit of backstory i really lived on a boat once oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a barge wasn't it on a barge yeah, yeah. That's a bit, how that's was it on water world were people stealing your lemons all the time uh, well that brings us on to the next point limes, <laughs> limes, it was limes. never leave your lime tree <laughs> lying about yeah. on, on the stern yeah so uh, yeah, this this uh, the other drifter sort of sails off, then reveals he's stolen his limes in a really comical way. Yeah. He's going, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah. he's like juggling them, <laughs> and uh, Costner's like, damn it! <laughs> but Costner's uh, character, who's actually got no name, is just the Mariner. The Mariner. He's being uh, chased, isn't he, at this point by a group of wieldy men on jet skis, who we come to know as the Smokers. You seem to just That's be the right. general yeah, antagonists yeah. in this yeah. film, isn't it? This was the first hint of the big budget. That yeah. was wrapped up in this movie. You see, like you see, um, like a motif, a continuous motif, is that you see oil slicks in the water yeah. before you then see the smokers. Oh, mm-hmm. I so, didn't so, notice so that. So yeah, carried on throughout the film. Nice. So he sees the slicks, sees the smokers, kind of outmaneuvers them unnecessarily theatrically, and they then <laughs> catch the guy that stole his limes, don't they? Yeah. And I guess beat him into a bloody pulp. Mm. <laughs> it was quite a sloppy scene, though. I thought you could really tell because we, for full disclosure, we watched the theatrical cut of this film. And I feel like you could tell there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Like this first scene, there was a lot of cutaways. Yeah. Some of the like action just didn't flow very well. And I thought from like this first action scene, you could tell like this definitely had some production issues. For, oh, for, for sure. Yeah, it was just like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's put that in. Yeah, but then it just wasn't executed well. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, and as we'll come to discuss, like there was a lot of issues behind the scenes, which definitely rear their ugly head on the screen mm-hmm. you know he's like a turd that won't flush so we get quite a lot of context as well in these uh in these early establishing scenes we hear whispers that a woman with a daughter who's got a tattoo on her back is gonna is gonna lead us to dry land well, but, okay so that is the laziest like plot opener right i've ever heard <laughs> so <laughs> so from the point where one guy at a bar says to the other guy if, if you find a child with marks on her back, she'll lead you to dry land. Right. And then 30 seconds later, a child with marks on her back <laughs> yeah, walks, yeah, enters scene right into the action. Yeah. And then to make it completely obvious, her, her mother or her carer, this older woman, uh, then goes, oh, I told you to always keep your back covered and quickly covers her back. Oh, <laughs> and then it cuts to the guy looking at her, going, looking knowingly, going, yeah. that's the girl. Yeah, the guy's face is like... <laughs> what a tremendous <laughs> coincidence that they're literally talking yeah. about this thing and then she shows up. Stop, cancel that extensive cost no money search. It's, we found her. <laughs> it's so lazy. I, if, if only the rest of the plot moved as fast as that one scene. That setup. Mm. I guess we should also explain where they are because, I mean, obviously we're living on Waterworld World, there's no land but it seems like the limited survivors that do remain have kind of barged together yeah they're in like a made fort this barged yeah. together well I don't, I don't know I'm just trying to use as many nautical terms <laughs> that I know and slot them in <laughs> but yeah I guess it's like a floating city isn't it um, that they've created mm-hmm. um, and I actually wanted to lead off with a fun little fact that it was actually a full floating set that weighed more than 1,000 tons and it was constructed with a lot of steel. In fact, it used all the available steel in the 
like whole of the Hawaiian Islands. And when they wow. ran out of all the steel in the Hawaiian Islands, they had to fly some in from California. <laughs> like, what? Are you kidding? That is insane. We want all of Hawaii steel. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they obviously filmed this on location. And I also want to shout out Hawaii, who got a lovely $35 million in their coffers from the production of Waterworld. Oh, it was a little thank you. <laughs> well, no, like, it was such a hit. No, 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 not like a gift. Like uh, It was a gift to their economy. Basically, the inversion and the investment from Waterworld was worth $35 million. Oh, oh, what, just like to the state. Hospitality, Yeah, like exactly, everything. Yeah. Well, the steel. Transport, the steel. The steel alone. Jet skis. <laughs> Jet skis. <laughs> so Hawaii, at least there was a big winner out of Waterworld, and it was the state. I want the girl. Something that was a surprise to me, um, this man has gills the mariner has gills <laughs> mutant so he gets into a bit of a, a scuffle with another man yeah and um yeah they notice like a peculiar kind of growth behind his ear and it's it's he's got gills that's why he's such a skilled well and, well mariner and the give the giveaway was they tried to offer him uh a, a woman to sleep with to, to bear children because they said the gene pool is getting too narrow within their settlement I missed that. And then he, so he, but he, he demurely declines and walks away. And they're like, no man turns down a free woman. He's hiding something. <laughs> only a fishman yeah, yeah, would turn fish that man. down. Although that, that's bizarre because later on he does then, I mean, like, spoiler alert, sleep with uh, Helen, mm. who's just like a normal human. So I don't know why he would have turned that girl down at that time <laughs> if he's he just, attracted to women. He also just wanted to get back on the water, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I like suppose, yeah, people. he just didn't want to hang about. Yeah. Maybe he didn't fancy her. Yeah. yeah, maybe he just didn't fancy her. And dude, he's got a trimaran. Not a catamaran, a bloody trimaran. trimaran. If I had that big boy, I'd be out in the water all day. Yeah, the boat was quite impressive. I mean, let's say what you will about Waterworld. The special effects are quite fun. Like, they're pretty good. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money, so you'd hope yeah. something is done okay. Exactly. Uh, 500 years, enough for humans to develop gills? Not too sure. Uh, I don't yeah. think so. And, and still <laughs> Let's have, see what happens in Waterworld. And still up. have, like, uh, crayons still in the box. <laughs> like, with the branding, Crayola. <laughs> Which seems a little far-fetched. How much do you think Crayola paid for a spot yeah, in Waterworld? Yeah. <laughs> that was more far-fetched than the gills, the crayons. <laughs> this is going to make Crayola. <laughs> and I was imagine, like, he would have an old can of Pepsi. That he was saving for a special occasion. <laughs> like, just completely oxidized. Like, if you drank a sip, you'd die. <laughs> so, because he's a mutant, they're going to, uh, they decide to recycle him. <laughs> and, and it's, um, and it's like the recycling method is they drop you in like gunge. It's a, did, did you ever watch Get Your Own Back as a yes. kid? Like, the gunge tank. It reminded yes. me of that. <laughs> what is that? Is that a UK show? It's a UK kid show. It's where like, you every... get your own back on teachers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You like slime it's, somebody. It's like a yeah. quiz show, and then, yeah, if the teacher loses, they get gunge. So right. they got like a lot of green goo, just flubber, just like right. yeah, flubber. upon them. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone's gone a bit mental, like out out at sea, haven't they? Like they're all a bit kind of quasi-religious wearing these well, rags you'd, you'd have, you'd have to people. really wouldn't mm. you I mean, you would lose your mind yeah, surrounded yeah. by salt water all day um, <laughs> I, and what I liked as well was the trope of the um, I wrote it down down as the unnecessarily slow dipping mechanism <laughs> so, so he's in a cage um, being slowly lowered into the gunge to be as a euphemism recycled but it's, it's going to take like 20 minutes for the cage to dip into the gunge Is that, why don't they just push him off of the gangplank just, just be done with it. Yeah, maybe they have to slowly dip him in order uh, to be recycled yeah, correctly. Yeah, but then why why yeah. start twenty feet up? No, no, no. We got to tenderize him. <laughs> I thought you were stupid, Graham. This area gets attacked by some smokers. Is that correct? Just, just in the nick of time. Yeah, yeah just, just as the same. unnecessarily slow dipping mechanism is coming down. Yeah, and there's a bit of rough and tumble. 
And I believe that's the point when the old coot shows up. The old man. Gregor. Yeah. Oh, he's got a name, okay. Because uh, Kevin Costner, the mariner, is still in the dip- dipping mechanism. And then the old coot shows up. Correct. Um, with some old coot knowledge and um, helps him escape onto this balloon. Well, but we then get another delicious trope, the the man falling on lever trope during like a siege. <laughs> That's so right. as the smokers are shooting up uh, this settlement, uh, this guy gets hit, he falls he falls on the lever, and then like this airship starts taking off prematurely. Right. And so that kind of scuppers Gregor's plan to try and get try and um, spirit away the kid, Helen and uh, the mariner. So that that screws up that escape. Mm-hmm. Right, because he's kind of like a mad scientist, this Gregor yeah, guy, yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. he? So. Unfortunately for him, he just has to get on it solo and leave the woman and child behind. Mm-hmm. But, hey, that's pretty good for the Mariner because he's dipped into that gunge, isn't he? But but oh now, now he's got two bloody women hanging around. Yeah, and it's like, well, we may as well go help him. Cramping his style. Um, they, they help him. Yeah, they help him immediately. Uh, he is not grateful. <laughs> he just wants to get on that boat and get the fuck out of there. He does. I, I mean, just want to just want to name drop old Dennis Hopper. Yes, I was, uh, we, sure. I was just hoping we'd get to Dennis yeah, yeah. Hopper here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, before they uh, they get spirited away, we um, so a couple of tropes I liked here. We had like the machine gunner that was just gunning up the um, <laughs> who was actually Jack Black. I didn't realise until was I saw it? the credits. Yeah, wow. who was um, like shooting holes yeah. in the settlement. And that a real trope is like that sort of character is always really piggish. Mm. He's going, he was like yeah. squealing as he's firing the guns, yeah. like you get in a lot of uh, like Vietnam kind of war films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And uh, so they, um, Costner being the cheeky little scamp he is, kind of like throws an anchor at the tugboat it is at, and then like put like pulls him around so that he then starts machine gunning his own men, yeah. and machine guns uh, the boat that the leader Dennis Hopper is on called Deacon. Deacon and uh, Deacon is not happy at all about that and I was thinking like imagine if that came just before the guy's appraisal (laughs) (laughs) you shut up my boat (laughs) (laughs) no more smokes for you (laughs) so yeah they just love cigarettes don't they I mean they're always chuffing them down yeah they're the smokers well yeah hence the name but a few details I really liked about the smokers one they have a sticker that says nuke the whales Mm. (laughs) because you gotta nuke something yeah and number two my favorite character is in the smokers and that is the scribe um the guy uh, who yeah. he looks completely different from any other character in the movie he's got like a big pair of round kind of bottle glasses yeah, a bowler uh, hat yeah a bowler hat really like nervous demeanor even though he's with the smokers like, like a waistcoat yeah a waistcoat and always carries around this huge like book a huge tome that he's constantly writing in and it he doesn't really have a function in this movie at all no. but i just love that he looks like he wandered in from a different movie and doesn't know why he's there keep he's, the egghead he's <laughs> keep the egghead he's deacon's uh he's deacon's memoirist <laughs> yeah he's got a memoirist oh that's my biographer don't mind him <laughs> <laughs> the critics are gonna love this um and we should also note i believe it's shortly after the smokers self shoot themselves <laughs> deacon loses an eyeball doesn't he he does uh Not yeah too happy about that he is furious mm wouldn't you be? I wouldn't be happy about that. I wouldn't. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I would swear revenge. <laughs> but I underestimated you. You are a total freaking retard. Back to the boat. Back to the mariner and his budding friendship with uh, a little lady 
and an even littler lady. Helen Ananola. Helen Ananola, thank you. This is where I started having real deep issues with this movie because his treatment towards these women is fucking horrible. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Difficult to watch at times. I agree. I yeah. mean, as soon as we leave the action and when this second act is kind of getting into gear, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he basically just spends the next maybe hour of the film berating them, giving them up for possible rape. He cuts, beating he them up. Cuts off their hair. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah. here, but he is just the worst. I, so well, in my notes, mm, I put next I'm going to jump in in a minute. Go on, carry on. <laughs> in my notes, next to um, the Mariner, I just put colossal twat. <laughs> I do not feel a, any kind of sympathy or engagement with this character at all. Some would say anti-hero. Well, very much the, the cut of the anti-hero. And I just want to uh, bring in uh, a Wikipedia summary here of, of what exactly is going on. So... Um, Wikipedia takes a slightly different view of, of Costner's actions. So uh, they pick up the plot at this point, and uh, whoever's authored this has put, the free escape to open sea aboard the Tremoran. They are pursued by the smokers, and though they escape, Helen's naive actions result in damage to the mariner's boat, and as a result, he angrily cuts her hair. <laughs> Followed by Enola's hair for repeatedly taking his crayons. Oh yeah, don't draw my boat. How dare you? In this movie, he's already lost his limes and his crayons, so yeah. come on, there's only so much a man can take. And almost got recycled. I mean, he's on edge. <laughs> and, and almost got lowered by the dipping mechanism. I mean, Helen was extremely naive. She got what was coming, I think. Almost being sold off for rape. Stupid woman. <laughs> and I um, I wanted to hear um, the mariner like drop the line, Kostner works alone. <laughs> <laughs> through this friendship a few things happen one the mariner gets angry uh quite a lot uh throws enola off the boat at one point enola's the little girl that was for insulting his uh comb over for insulting his comb over (laughs) he lifts her throws her right off the boat helen dives in after but it's important to note throughout this movie and throughout his actions that he tried to kill a child Another nice moment, the cutting of the hair. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he do this? Which we, which we just he referenced. Just, he just held both of the women down and cut them, cut them short, um, short bobs. For my money, the best shot of the movie after the Universal Studios at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, he cuts Helen's hair first. Right. Um, and then he discovers that Enola cut his crayons and she's given him a bit of lip. And then the next scene is just the two women <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. sat beside hair. each other with yeah. like ridiculously like Beatles haircuts. <laughs> he was going for pixie, yeah. but he got Beatles. Didn't he? <laughs> um, I do want to jump in and talk about hair for a quick second, because I think, Rudy, you mentioned Kevin Costner's delicious hairline in this film. Uh, and apparently Costner demanded that the visual effects crew hide his receding hairline throughout the film. Or that, that delightful actually, comb over. Yeah, that actually cost a lot of money because like, for <laughs> VFX in 95 to like specifically shot by shot change digitally somebody's hairline. <laughs> like, I was going to say oh, they, uh, they ran out of all the hair in Hawaii. <laughs> they had to fly some in from LA. <laughs> That's a lot of hair. <laughs> I want LA hair. <laughs> Do you think that Kevin Costner was a heartthrob in his time? Like, oh, with oh, definitely. Prince of Thieves. Like, with, that oh, was his yeah. huge hit, wasn't it? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. The Postman? It, it, that's, Anyone? 
Wait, uh, Prince, never of, seen it. Prince of Thieves is the Robin Hood film? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so that was actually directed by one Kevin Reynolds, who ah. teamed with uh, Connolly for Waterworld. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There that had a go. big partnership. Um, I do want to quickly bring in Kevin Reynolds, actually, if we're talking about facts and directors. So these two were obviously mates. They This was like their fourth, maybe fifth uh, collaboration. But they really fucking like spat the dummy throughout this film, obviously, with all the, the hurricanes that afflicted the set. The huge, like, overblown budget going from 100 million to 175 million. And apparently, at one point, Reynolds basically just left the set and Costner took it upon himself to, like, complete the film. So Reynolds got full credit for direction, but Costner actually helped why, out. Why quite did a he bit. walk out? He was just sick of it. Or? They were just sick of it, man. Right. Like, they had hurricane after hurricane. Mm-hmm. The thing was just literally going to the dogs. They had script rewrites, like, halfway through. Um, and I actually really love this quote later from Reynolds talking about Costner and working with him on set. He said that Kevin Costner should only star in movies that he directs. That way he can work with his favourite actor and favourite director. Wow, that's mm. strong. Strong words. Meow. Um, yeah. I've also got another fact with regards to behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. One little Joss Whedon worked on this film. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, he he did some of the script analysis and he called it Seven Weeks in Hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really sounds like it, man. It does not sound like a fun movie to work on or a fun movie to watch. <laughs> um, can we talk about the rapey scene? Yes, let's bring in the Irishman, the I we- think. The weird Irish guy. <laughs> Oh, hello there. I'm a mentally unhinged Irish man. You're, you're a wee bit stingy for a man who has everything. <laughs> Don't know why it always has to be Irish. Did you say he's from Belfast or something? Like yeah, he's got, he, he actually has a really strong Belfast accent. Yeah, so, yeah, it's more like, I see you've got women on your boat. Oh, give me the wee one. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's really odd to give a bit of context they um cross paths cross boat paths <laughs> with a man from belfast who is deranged and um he strikes a deal with the mariner to uh sexually um take advantage of one of the two women which one of them is five years old just to clarify um the mariner strikes a deal says he can take helen who's the kind of mother figure uh, and almost allows her to be raped by this man. Yeah, very close, isn't it? They go below below deck. This is a mainstream blockbuster, and he is the protagonist. How could the writers have thought, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, people are going to really get this character. Yeah. Like, guys are going to look up to him. Women are going to be attracted to him. Like, how could that possibly have crossed their minds? I mean, I know it was the 90s, but... I mean, I kind of respect how dark of a turn it did take. Like, that's a ballsy move for such a big blockbuster. And had literally no point. Like, yeah. didn't relate to any other part of the movie. Um, well, that, that was kind of the turning point, wasn't it? For the, That was like the lazy turning point for the character. Mm. So it was at that point, uh, the Mariner like could reflect and realise, oh, no, wait, like, this is too much. And then at that point, his character then changes yeah. after that realisation. So they use that as a turning point, but it's a terrible turning point in the film. There's also another part, which I think we kind of glossed over, which is kind of around the start of Act 2, where Helen uh, is basically asking him nicely not to be such twat and to take them with him on his journey. And she gets naked very, very quickly. And uh, he touches one of her boobs and then decides to just move on. And I feel like the writers thought, like, that's going to show that he has principles because he doesn't actually just, like, get down and rape her. Mm-hmm. So basically not allowing rape to happen in this movie makes you a good person. Right. 
Anyway, just something I wanted to bring up because I found the depiction of women and the treatment of women in this movie appalling. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it was very dark stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think they would probably try and argue like it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland. You yeah, know, like... people are going mad from like seawater and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, the rules aren't the same. Right. But from the main character, I mean, if you compare it to like a movie like Mad Max, mm. that doesn't, Max doesn't kind of treat women in the same way. Like this is, uh, yeah. It's, uncomfortable it's also very hard to redeem him after that right yeah like, he's, he's hor- he is not likable at all <laughs> like, well, I, I guess that's why they wrote in that attempted rape scene where he then has to save her right. although exactly. he was the one that put her in that position in the first exactly, place exactly yeah. that's what they kind of don't like get about the writing right yeah. exactly I don't give a shit what he'd like he took out my eye and if I ever see him again I'm gonna cut open his head and I'm gonna eat his brain the whole of act two for me felt a little bit life of pie like, they're just kind of a, a just, drift. Li- the act two was literally just a, a, a drift. Yeah. A drift. <laughs> Rudder, rudderless. <laughs> they're just floating and nothing is happening in the plot. Like, nothing is moving. Nothing is progressing. Um, well, she, well, Helen falls in love with the Mariner. Well, wait. And the Mariner realises that Anoda's quite cute. Wait a second. So before that happens... We've got. I've written in my notes. Massive fish. Ah, uh, yeah. So they get. So they get a bit hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so they get. They get hungry, and the mariner, being the mariner, uh, jumps into the water, swims around for a bit, and then a massive fish, like like a mutated, like a mutated Ill, ill-tempered sea bass, <laughs> An with lasers on its head, um, jumps out of the water, has the mariner in his mouth in the fish's mouth and the next scene this is actually another good cut the next scene is them just like eating the fish yeah. over a fire barbecue on it yeah because <laughs> that's how like hardcore the mariner stuffing is stuffing their faces <laughs> just like really like satisfyingly full <laughs> like licking their fingers <laughs> and also um what makes helen fall in love with the mariner is um that the mariner teaches her little lady how to swim because she's the only person in Waterworld who doesn't know how to swim. Uh, but they then have to reference that weird sea monster thing from the previous scene. Mm. Wait, aren't there monsters in there? No, I won't come this close to the boat. <laughs> 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 and that scene I just found to be like ridiculous as well. It went on for about two minutes and it's just Kevin Costner and this little girl just swimming around. Yeah, and, and, and then it, and Helen, it sh- and it's shot from underneath, so it's got that really like cliched hackney um, uh, like yeah. scene where someone's legs are splashing in yeah. the water, yeah. which yeah. is supposed to be like really kind of rhythmic and yeah. They're and really you- bonding in slow yeah, motion, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it cuts to Helen quite a lot, who's just like staring really fucking intensely at the you mariner. Another guy almost had me raped, right? <laughs> and tried to kill your child. <laughs> okay, now he's trying to teach your child how to swim. But wait, great, he, but- he is great with kids. <laughs> <laughs> and what a hairline. <laughs> and have I mentioned he's hilarious? <laughs> he has no range in this film, does he's he? He's got like... the big free. Great with kids, hilarious. And some hairline. <laughs> and an acceptable, hairline. an acceptable hairline for a man in his 40s. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just don't care about him because he he's never happy. He's yeah. never like, Grumpy he never old breaks shit. out a smile, does he? Nah, he doesn't smile once in this whole movie. <laughs> I Jesus. mean, I guess there's not much to smile about. Give us so. a smile, Costner. Jesus, would it kill you? Would you think um, all humour, like humour just um, evaporates in like a post-apocalypse world? <laughs> Do you think that just becomes a redundant like yeah, form I of mean, the arts? Potentially, Maybe. when you... Yeah. Uh, 
fighting for survival. I yeah, think there's yeah. not time for jokes or gags. Or do you Probably think, like, not many podcasts. I thought like, the yeah. smoker's quite funny. I think I mean, the smoker's had a sense of humour. Yeah, very nihilistic though. Yeah. But I think nihilism always has like a black sense of humour. Mm-hmm. Nihilistic, hence they're smoking. I felt like this was a three-hour anti-smoking and, ad. And then, and then nuke another whales. Yeah. <laughs> they go hand in hand. I said nuke them. <laughs> so after the, the swimming scene... Um, Helen confronts the mariner about all the little trinkets he's been collecting uh, because he sort of, um, I think he lashes out to her and says that there's no dry land, right? And she's like, but you drink Pepsi all the time. How did you get it? Um, Oh, you mean this refreshing can of Pepsi Max? (laughs) That was an odd way to put it. (laughs) And you draw with your Crayolas all the time because they're so versatile. And is that a a pack of 20 Mulberettes? (laughs) Yeah, where have the smokers got all their facts from is another question. But yeah. <laughs> never explained. Yeah. And I wonder what brand they like. That's never good. Yeah, because like, it's how kept they, them going for 500 like, years. Like how they got that supply of paper, for one thing. <laughs> and because the weird Irish guy tries to sell the mariner paper, doesn't he, at one point, for oh, like yeah. in exchange That's for right. the woman. So it's a commodity. And you can see how valuable paper is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So this, I think, is arguably the best scene of the movie because there's no talking from anyone. Um, and it's when um, Costner, the mariner, takes Helen down in the di- in the diving bell. The diving bell, yeah. Um, takes her down to what used to be it's like old New Earth. York or something. And yeah. I really had my fingers crossed for the Statue of Liberty. Statue you of Liberty, Statue of Monsters. <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, guys, I don't want to burst your bubble, but it was actually modeled on Denver, Colorado. Was it? How weird is that? So this whole movie takes place in Denver. <laughs> Just over Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Just 25,000 feet above Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So we get that underwater city part, which I think is is actually quite cool to give the movie some credit. Yeah, I thought that was a great scene, actually. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, and shortly thereafter, the smokers return and attack the boat. And this time, they're successful, right? They get Enola. Uh, they, yeah, they grab Enola, but this is so it's the classic scene where because they've been underwater for a while, as soon as they resurface, they look round. Oh no, it's the smokers, and you see the oil slicks in the water. Mm. Um, so to to escape, they then dive back into the water, and because the mariner's got gills, he um, he does a very sexy on-screen kiss yeah. with Helen, Aww. where where to pass her oxygen as they're underwater, he he's just snogging her. Why? I mean, oh. He's, he's he's snogging oxygen into those lungs. <laughs> That's my favourite kind of snog. She's got to breathe, though. I mean, yeah. can't blame the woman. Yes. but And she doesn't, to be honest, like, she doesn't protest. She's into it. I think she's she wraps her hands around, like... Uh, the gills. The gills. The gills. Yeah. Yeah. Stop it, I'm suffocating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> You're a hideous mutant. <laughs> I'm just going to close my eyes. <laughs> um, so now the smokers have Enola and they know the significance of Enola. They know that the tattoo on her back is potentially a map to dry land. But Enola... She is a little rebel. She's, She's a little feisty. firecracker, yeah, isn't yeah. she? Um, that new do. She doesn't give them any of it. I think <laughs> that new bop. <laughs> I don't really understand why they don't just kill her and then take the skin off her back. Well, that, they about talk about that. They talk they? about that, yeah. but they Which, don't. To be honest, do it. when she was so lippy, I just would have done that. To be, to be fair, I think they kind of use it because maybe they'll they're going to use her for like negotiating tactics no, I think with the they're like, wait hang on we got to resolve the third act <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this film's gone on long enough <laughs> um and Enola... by, by that point they were just reading costner's uh, script notes <laughs> <laughs> enola's quite certain that he's gonna come for me you'll see 
and that's he's like, the baddest man out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> she suddenly loves him even though she spent the majority of the moving being terrified of him it's been a while for me now i guess it's been more than a while actually but costner can't be having that he has now bonded with this little girl after trying to teach her how to swim. But they're, they're, they're adrift. They're just stranding on this boat that the smokers have destroyed when they're underwater. But lo and behold, who appears who to back, push the plot on? Back in frame. It's our good friend. It's our good friend, Gregor. The old coot. <laughs> just the coot. literally appears above them in the sky. Yeah, like in the middle of the ocean. He's just been floating around this whole time. I don't know how to pronounce this, but like a deuce ex machina. Yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah. like... Something just magically appears yeah. to save the day. Yeah, to, to like bring it into the third act. Yeah. yeah. So typical of Waterworld though, isn't it? It's Classic. Like, how the fuck yeah. do we get This second out? act is sagging so Hey, much. we got the coot. Yeah. Let's use the coot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that what? Was, what about the coot? That was Costner's notes. Use the coot. <laughs> <laughs> coot enters scene. <laughs> when you can't do that, uh, I mean, a deal's a deal, I... So the mariner uh, shows up on the smoker's boat. He gets a sm- uh, captured jet ski and uh, shows up on the oil tanker. And he threatens to blow the whole ship up. Now the deacon uh, is just not having any of it. He doesn't. He calls his bluff. Yeah. But the mariner, just being the mariner, the wild card that he is, actually does blow up the boat. Yeah, by by means of dropping a flare into the oil oil reserves, into the bows. Mm-hmm. It's pretty badass move, to be fair. Uh, doesn't he... I forget which part this is, but there's another old coot with big glasses that lives in the mm. like, on, a, on a boat in, yeah. in the oil. So yeah. yeah, he. So the subplot as well is that the smokers are actually running out of oil. Mm. And oh yeah, they quickly need to. That's find why they land. need the land. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are losing trust in Deacon. But yeah, there's this old there's this old man just living basically in the oil well, <laughs> saying we're running low. <laughs> that was a really good impression. Thank you. Um, so uh, the mariner destroys the ship and the ship starts to sink. Um, meanwhile, he he's able to rescue Enola, and I think they're able to hop in that balloon, right? They get finally uh, get in that balloon um, because the deacon tries to escape with the plane. <laughs> this is really where all the special effects That's start right. coming yeah. in, he, and everything he the seaplane, yeah, everything explodes immediately. Have you noticed that in Waterworld that like you could t- just touch something yeah. lightly and it'll just explode? <laughs> if, if a feather lands on a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I just quickly say one of my favourite lines of the movie, which was pre-explosion. It's actually when the Mariner just rocks up, basically on the dock of the ship. He's by himself, surrounded by smokers. And this is when Deacon calls down from his pulpit and says to him, I thought you were dumb. I was wrong. Turns out you're a total freaking retard. <laughs> Man, it was so fucking. Oh, that. So he's on like the bird's nest, the poop deck. Correct. Yeah. The mariner's down on like the the, the stern, yeah. and they're able to communicate with one another just through talking. <laughs> what? what? I what? didn't hear that. I can't hear you. It said freaking retard. No way. Come up here. I've got a good one. <laughs> I've got a zinger. <laughs> She's mine. I no no no. I won't have it. No. Go, 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 good, good. I, I, don't go too far now. Now we're we're heavily into the third act. Everything's kind of all the loose ends are getting tied up, thanks to the old coot. <laughs> um, so now they're up in the balloon. Yeah, they basically and, escape back on the, on and the balloon. At they? this point, I breathed a sigh of relief because I thought the movie was almost over. Yeah. Uh, I was again wrong um, <laughs> because they're up in the balloon. Everything's fine. Everything's all right. Could have just ended the movie there. But Deacon's still alive. 
um, and comes through on a jet ski. Does he shoot the balloon? He like fires something up into the balloon uh, and knocks uh, yeah. a Nola out of the yep. balloon. <laughs> Wing clips her. At which point I was just like, oh, yeah, are you kidding me? Going. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, and so Renola falls out of the balloon. But she falls because, into the water. Because Costner's taught her to swim. She, she, can, she can like, oh, that's like right. tread water. She can tread yeah. water. Yeah, she doesn't drown immediately. Uh, now three smokers jet skis are, are racing towards her to From try and get her. three different directions, yeah. But quick thinking Costner. <laughs> quick thinking Costner. Um, ties a bungee cord. No, he doesn't tie the cord. Oh, excuse me. No, no, sorry. He ties it to his leg, he but not to, to the leg. other end. Yeah. Not to the actual flying ship. Not to the anchor. He somehow manages to get it the exact perfect length. Does a swan dive. Does a swan dive off the balloon. And they're like, oh, wait, we got to tie this. And then, and then reaches down to grab... Enola mid bungee. So it reminded me of like those um games that you get in amusement parks with like the claw where it reaches down, mm. like gets a toy. Get the teddy, yeah. Yeah. It was exactly that kind of thing. Reaches down very smoothly, picks her up by the head. <laughs> but it had so much elasticity yeah. to the point where like <laughs> like defying fun. physics, it went higher than the point that he first jumped off. Yeah, true. <laughs> and um the three smokers jet skis just crash into one another and immediately explode. The classic jet ski standoff. Jet ski Mexican standoff. <laughs> Three-way jet yeah. ski disaster. Um, I and laughed imagine, a lot. Imagine telling, imagine telling the, the partners of those three henchmen. It's unlike Gary to be late for his own bachelor party. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Isn't he one of the jet ski henchmen for the deacon? <laughs> I'm afraid Gary died in a freeway jet ski Mexican standoff. I always thought the smokes would get him. Not the jet ski. <laughs> Man, they must have massive emphysema, like population death within the smoke. Oh, yeah. Well, they're probably trying They've to kill off, aren't they? Like, they don't want to have to feed them all, yeah. Deacon was actually like 27 years old. <laughs> so weathered from the sea and from the smokes. You think he'd like that? All they have to do is just follow that map. Keep on flying. <laughs> Keep yeah. on flying. Uh, somehow the balloon has fuel. Um, let's not question that. So they, they do, they find dry land which well they see, no, they see a seagull is the first clue like lands right. on the basket and they look out and there's that little island they yeah. see a pterodactyl, <laughs> they, see a pterodactyl. <laughs> they know they're close aloha we are back in hawaii they, baby. they see they see an old crashed helicopter that has jurassic park logo on its side <laughs> scrounge it for the steel <laughs> did you realize this is not meant to be hawaii it's actually meant to be mount everest what that yeah. make, that does make sense. It would have to be the highest peak. Yeah, because oh. yeah. the water has risen so much. It's like twenty five thousand oh, feet of water. That's quite cool because it is like a very like mountainous island. Yeah, yeah so it needs to be like eight yeah, like eight thousand meters is kind of where the seas come. Yeah, up Yeah, and it's like oh. covered in vegetation now because it's the world's so hot. Well, that wasn't explained, but I mean, I like that. No, wait, they... is that a Nepalese Sherpa <laughs> body? <laughs> oh, we're on Everest, clearly. <laughs> they find. Um, the skeletons two skeletons and mm. enola says i'm home what does how what mm. um, and then they also see like etchings of the thing on her back in that hut or something yeah so yeah. there's some like kind of spiritualism yeah yeah, yeah well like it. she it kind of hints that she spawned from there and then yeah. somehow she came back to the water world yeah mm-hmm. she, she was like i guess those she's supposed to be a prophet maybe that was sent to water world to bring oh, maybe. humans to land yeah, yeah that makes sense um so they're on dry land and the mariner hates it. 
Yeah. He, he can't he can't catch his breath, can he? Can't catch his breath. Too much noise. Too so much many noise. monkey sounds yeah. and bird sounds. He can't stand it. Uh, he decides his real home is out there, out there in the wild water where it's silent. And um, he swiftly says his goodbyes to Anola, who is deeply upset, even though he tried to kill her <laughs> and rape his mother. Uh, friend. Her mother. Older friend. Uh, yeah. Um, guardian. Yeah, legal guardian. He finds a sailboat, says his goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Did anyone cry at this point? Um, no, no it, I didn't in, either. In the movie or us? Uh, us. Oh, okay. Did no. you shed a tiny little tear for the, mar- the mariner? I know what it's like to be longing for your boat. <laughs> <laughs> you can empathize. Yeah. You've always got that look in your eyes, Rudy. You're always thinking Take about me it. back to the sea. You're a bit of a salty dog, Rudy. To be honest, I never really left that boat. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. And so he says Ain't goodbye to them. Ain't free on the Kennan and Avon Canal. <laughs> <laughs> that was the canal he used to live on. <laughs> he says goodbye to them and the movie ends, thank God. Um, Insane. <laughs> yeah. Cut to black. So, guys, what did you think about Waterworld? I loved it. <laughs> from the strong male lead <laughs> standing up for men's rights so, yeah yeah what was that this is one of the first like men's rights films <laughs> yeah. oh I'm, I'm tempted to go on to like reddit or something like that and just see what the men's rights guys think of uh the mariner <laughs> the ultimate anti-hero for the maze <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i guess it'd be the mariner and the guy and tyler durden would be like right, the two role right. models for that community. For the millennium. For the, <laughs> for the pre-millennium men's I'm more rights. of a mariner man, but hey, yeah. I respect Durden too. You're oh, you're, a Durden oh you're a Durden, that's cool. I'm a mariner. Because <laughs> uh, I'm really into giving women haircuts. <laughs> Guys, the uh, Waterworld got one Oscar nomination. Do you know what it was oh. for? Uh, it must be effects, surely. Yeah, it's like best makeup. Uh, no. Best, best haircut. <laughs> best there should be a yeah. best they, no, they, they create a category just for 95 for that film. There should be a best hair category at the Oscars, eh? Well, best I mean, hair and makeup. Well, and, it, and, it's, and it's like mockery. And this year's winner, I don't believe it. Kevin Costner. <laughs> How much did you pay them for that award? <laughs> Um, no, what was the what was the award? It was for best sound mixing. Uh-huh. Oh, that's Mate. such a dud award. There's one that thing the, I'll yeah. say about Waterworld: great sound mixing, <laughs> great production. That seagull noise at the end <laughs> really gets you going. Um, yeah, I mean, I going into this, I probably presumed this was going to be the case, but I feel like the folklore and like backstory and context of Waterworld is so much better than the film. It's more interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The film is. A fucking mess. I would uh, sort of like to see... Have you heard of... um, oh, What's it called? The movie that was made about The Room? About the movie The Room? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, The Disaster Artist. The Disaster mm-hmm. yeah. Artist, and where it just like shows the behind the yeah, scenes yeah, yeah. of the making of a bad movie. Which is, which, would, is, which is nowhere near as good as The Room, though. Ex- yeah. Well, true. But I would really like to see that about Waterworld, like the making of Waterworld. Uh, I feel like that would be really yeah, interesting. Like because all Costner's the, downfall. Yeah, and all called, the yeah. main characters, all the main actors, so Costner... Um, the actress who plays Helen and the one who plays Enola, all three of them almost died in yeah. the making of this wow. movie. They yeah. all almost drowned. Costner got like tied to a boat for one scene and then I've the boat just that. like yeah. drifted away. Yeah. And they yeah. had to like send people to get him. But he was he was adrift for like 30 minutes. That's crazy, isn't it? And then Enola and Helen 
um, got flung off a boat during one scene and like 12 divers had to go and save them. Like it was a ridiculously reckless movie. I would like to see a movie about that. I think there needs to be a doco. There'd be a good doco in here. Well, I was thinking it reminded me a little bit of uh, Fire Festival. Yeah, right. Because it's like this, you know, money's no object, throwing it at this like magical island paradise near Hawaii. (laughs) Everyone living on these boats and just slowly going mad. Like there's just no end to it. Yeah. (laughs) And the actual production, I mean, as Joss Whedon said, it sounded like hell. I read that Kevin Costner was basically living in luxury. He's paying like four and a half thousand dollars per night for his private villa on the beach, private chef. Great, like, amenities. Ooh, amenities. But the rest of the crew were, like, living in beach shacks with no oh AC. Oh, my God. That's so and, fire festival. Yeah, and uh, and as it said on IMDb, it created a real low morale and bad attitude on set. <laughs> <laughs> which which I bet Costner lambasted them for. Yeah. Guys, i got to say your attitude stinks. <laughs> they, they also, it was what, it was scheduled to run for 96 days, the filming, and it's then like ended up going. Yeah, yeah, it got, ended up like going for, like, double that. Yeah. Like, like, li- like, just li- working and living off boats and shacks for half a year. <laughs> just have seawater around you. You would go nuts. And, and it was... Sorry. I was going to say, Costner was actually on set for like 175 days, mm. which is like... Oh, he became insane. obsessive, yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. So this was also like really well known to people. So rumours were leaking from the set of Waterworld about what a disaster oh, it was like going to be. Very Fire Festival again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So punsters were calling the movie uh, Fish Fishtar. And Kevin's Gate. <laughs> Why fish tar? I don't, I don't really know. I don't really understand that one. And um, Kevin's Gate, yeah, must have been a big production, I suppose. But yeah, for about a year before the release, stories were just constantly leaking about like the ego clashes yeah. and the setbacks. The bungee jump. And the bungee jump. It was literally a tale of two Kevins for me. You had Kevin Reynolds and Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. Previous friends, but fuck, chuck some Hawaiian steel at them and a few hurricanes. Mm-hmm. That is going to ruin your production, I think. I think they eventually made up, like, quite recently, maybe? Yes, I saw that in maybe 2015, they reunited for a mini-series for the History Channel. Ah, so, I what mean, was they, it? It was, like, some Western mini-series, like, hmm. yeah. I mean, not really up my, my alley, but at least they buried the hatchet. I also find it quite funny that, dude, Costner was just so into it, and mm-hmm. kudos to that. I mean, if you are going to do a shit project, commit. Passion project. He paid $22 million of his own money. In Waterworld. Wow, what just Jesus. to get the thing done? Just get to it get finished. it, just to get the project done. That's so, crazy. Like, say what you will about his private villa, the man was dedicated. <laughs> he put his money where his mouth was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very true. Favorite Kevin Costner movie? I honestly couldn't say. No, neither could I. Uh, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I would have said The Bodyguard. Uh, I feel like yes. that was good. Yeah. Was it? Well, I think mm, that'd be a good one to review. Actually, yeah. let's put a pin in that. Oh, let's pop it on the list. Well, I think we should also maybe revisit Waterworld and do the theatrical cut, the full three <laughs> the hours. The director's cut. Because, I mean, I, there, there are people online who do say, like, legitimately Waterworld can be a good film, but it's just muddled by so many it's, script issues, mm. Well, like, the, the second act is so meandering. It's but so bad. I always thought it was all right, but I think I've only seen the, um, uh, like, the... Um, What's the word? Not the director's cut. Well, yeah, the director's cut, so not the theatrical cut. Right, you saw the Which was hour. much longer, but was just tighter. Yeah. Like, at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, apparently, it, yeah, ties up the loose ends, brings in some other, yeah, like, yeah, kind yeah. of backstories. Mm-hmm. But as it stands, theatrical cut, for me, big old pile of shit. <laughs> um, how many old coots would you give it? I'm going to give it f- three. I was about to give it four, but probably three. I mean, it was meandering, just 
largely unentertaining as mm. well. Out of ten, it's biggest fault. Yeah, three out of ten. Oh. scathing. No. Mm. Uh, we've been using the one to five. I'm talking. Uh, yeah, I think oh. we've been using the one to well, five. Well, let's, let's do both. Let's I'm for, swapping it on you for, me, for the metrics and the imperial listeners. <laughs> do both. <laughs> well, one point five out of five. Okay. <laughs> um, I've got to agree with you on that one. One point five, or what's that out of uh, ten? So that would be a three, two, out, three? three out of ten. <laughs> One point oh, five. Oh, times pardon two. me. <laughs> Thirty years old, and you I can't are do fractions. You're metric imperial. <laughs> Ready? Um, so yeah, I would give it a metric. One point. Probably yeah, one point five out of five. Yeah. Um, like the second act is just so appalling. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it had a it's great, it had a great premise, and I love like post-apocalypse stuff. Yeah. But I think this is the worst executed post-apocalypse mainstream. Hollywood film there's ever been yeah yeah. and with that <laughs> yeah I think that's a pretty pretty good way to wrap it up mm-hmm. well Roisin congratulations on wrapping up your 20s thank you and thank you for joining me in the closet guys we'll talk to you next time Waterworld see you later see you later Waterworld running a show we got a running a show <laughs> so much water god damn stay dry and the stress over Kevin Costner's hairline border surely there must be a better way than the millions the Whedons the egos and the fray surely there must be a better way work for a better way, a better way. Okay. Jump on my boat now, we're gonna make it through somehow. With a can-do attitude, we're finally gonna put this film in the can. Jump on my boat now, we're gonna make it through somehow. Push through one day, 50 There's only seven left to go Forget about the 230 million budget Or Costner's editing Or the actors near drownings And the narratives near rapings Jump on my boat now We're gonna complete Waterworld somehow car crash is at least it'll be a box office smash nothing's free in Waterworld <laughs>